What is going on, everybody? I am Norm, and this is another episode of Scruffy City Sports. How is everyone doing today? It is a fantastic Sunday afternoon here in Knoxville. I'm recording this on March the 19th. And boy, have we got a lot to cover. We got two basketball games to talk about in the NC2A tournament, and then we got two games that the baseball team have lost. And I don't know if I want to start off with the bad or just let me rant at the end, but I think we're going to talk about basketball first because, I mean, they're just, oh, let's just buffer music and get it going with something. You want to? Celebrate good times. We will, everyone. I am so excited. I've been saying it since basketball season started that I really wanted this basketball team to make it to the Sweet 16. And lo and behold, I'm getting ahead of myself. They, they played in the first round on Thursday evening against uh, Louisiana Lafayette. That was a late game. Tip-off was about 945. I hope you were awake for that one. Uh, I was awake uh, and really thought we had it in the bag. We were up by 18 late in the second half there with about, I don't know, 12, 13 minutes to go. And then lo and behold, lo and behold, Louisiana Lafayette made that game very interesting. Tennessee only made, I think, a couple of field goals down the stretch there. But got the W, and then in March, all you can say is survive in advance. And we took that motto to the next level uh, with winning. Thursday night to beat them to advance to the, you know, the the round of 32, as I would like to say it. Uh, and it was a great game. I'm not going to give you the box score because if you just heard me a second ago, you know we won both games, but we'll go ahead. It was great stuff. I, I was happy to see them. You know, you, you pull out a win, and there are several other teams, lots of big-name heavy hitters that would have traded places with us. So I'm not going to be upset about that. It was hilarious to me to listen to the call-in shows afterwards and hear for everybody after winning an NCAA tournament game, still wanting to get rid of Rick Barnes. Uh, and it's just it just amazes me. I just, you know, I posed the question last week or the week before of, you know, would you – you know where I feel like this fan base is fatigued with Rick Barnes. Uh, you've got the the camp that's ready to get rid of him, the camp that is happy with just you know winning twenty plus regular season games every season and and being what we are. And you know I, I'm warning you that you know we did this with football with Philip Fulmer. We got rid of him and and look where we were for about two decades. So just take it with a grain of salt, everyone that we could be in much worse position. But anyway, I don't want to get on a tangent already here just a couple of minutes into the podcast, but let's just go over to yesterday's game. And I'm going to call this, I'll be honest with you all here, I really did not think we were going to beat Duke. As soon as I saw you know, Duke shellacked Oral Roberts Thursday evening, I was just like, this doesn't look good. It's Tennessee t- team. I'm just nervous. But, but the one thing that this basketball team has done all season long is they play up to their competition. They, they just play to whoever they're playing, and they played to Duke's level. It was physical from the get-go. Euros was doing NWO things, if you want to use a wrestling term, and I was here for it. I didn't think anything was flagrant uh, with that. All the Duke homers, I guess you could will, on Twitter – 
were saying, I don't understand how we could be a basketball program and play like that. I guess they don't watch any SEC basketball because that's that's essentially what SEC basketball is. It's a little physical. I guess over there in the ACC, they a little highbrow there on Tobacco Road aren't used to those things, but I will take it. A win is a win, and I'm here to tell you that that is probably a top five program win for the basketball program. Uh, if you didn't, Olivier Cumwa scored 27 points in 22 minutes, which is shocking for me. Uh, I, I doubt he's going to do that again Thursday night, whatever time they play then. But, man, it was it was spectacular to see. It was a coming out party for him, and I was here for it. The big alley-oop slam by Phillips early on in the game was spectacular. Cumwa with his – you know, put back jams throughout the game. It was it was fun. I was super excited. My big takeaway from that was Rick Barnes can smile and clap. It was so fantastic to see. I mean, it was what a time to be a Tennessee basketball fan. And depending on how the matchup goes today, we have a, a really good shot. You know, I'm I'm not going to take it for granted because everything from here is just icing on the cake for Norm. Wherever we go, I would love to make an elite eight run. I'm not even going to talk about anything going after that. I, I don't want to throw anything in the cards. But if you want to look ahead, and I'm not going to tell you not to look ahead, but uh, we, we could make a deep run. You never know. I mean, it, it, it could happen, and it could not happen, but I'm here for it. I'm excited about this basketball team. They clearly must have been listening to the podcast when I was saying step up and do something. We want to see something, and, and it sounded like that from the press conference yesterday that Rick Barnes was saying, you know, I, he must have listened to call-in shows or something because he said everybody's dogging you in Knoxville. You all need to go out there and do this for you. The seniors stepped up. And I am so excited that, you know, reports I saw that Ziggy had his uh, successful ACEL surgery earlier this week. And so he'll be able to travel with the team going back to his hometown in New York City. And I'm just excited for it. I hope they make a deep run. But really and truly, I am – this is – Sweet 16 was was it for Norm. I'm, I'm hopeful that they make a big run. But if they don't, it's been a, a great season Hopefully, all those people that are ready to get their pitchforks out and, and run Barnes out of town are, are going to cool their jets a little. And I'm just excited. I really am excited for this team. Mayshack has got the dog in him. I'm excited to see what he's going to do next year. He has grown leaps and bounds above my expectations this year for him. And you all know my basketball IQ is superb. Uh, but it was fun. It looked like the guys were playing with a lot of energy yesterday against Duke. Uh, and it's always, always, always good to take out a blue blood in basketball. You know, I'm just, I'm here for it, as some would say. Super excited for the basketball team. And, you know, I, I hope they go out and do big things. But if not, this is a great send-off for them. I just want, whatever happens Thursday night, I want it to be a competitive game and them not to get shellacked. I want them to go out firing on all cylinders, firing on all eight, uh, as you would say if you're a V8 person or all four. Fire, firing on all cylinders, I'll just say that much. But I'm super excited for them, and I am looking forward for them to do great things next weekend. Hopefully next Sunday we will be talking about potentially, you know, after winning two games next weekend would put you into elite company there for a Final Four. I'm not going to say they're going to do it, but I'm just hopeful that, again, that they have a great showing and everything looks good for them. Now let's go over, you know, we've talked basketball for a few minutes. Let's talk about baseball, and I'm just going to be honest with you all, really honest. 
I told you last week not to worry uh, as I'm looking for a sound, but but let's talk bas- baseball, and this is the sound we're going to use going into that. Now, all right, so full disclosure, as I'm recording this, they are about to do uh, the second game of the doubleheader today on Sunday. If you if you don't know, they had a game Friday. It snowed all day yesterday in Columbia, so they pushed both games to Sunday, but it doesn't really matter. We've taken a series loss uh, in SEC play, something uh, if you're a baseball fan from last year, we did not do a lot. Uh, we only did it once. Uh, for a series loss for the SEC play. But, hey, I've told you, this is a new team. they got to find their groove. It's like 19 degrees in Columbia. None of those guys want to be playing baseball, and I get it. But you got to tip your hat to Missouri. They came out and won Friday night's game. We got shellac 9-1. to one. Uh, If you want the particulars in that game, unless your name was Christian Moore or Maui Ahuna, we only had three hits on the day. It looked horrendous. Uh, it, it, I, we didn't have any get up and go. We we didn't have our monster energy drink, our, our no sugar monster to start the day, I guess. Everybody had strikeouts. We had 10 strikeouts as a club. And the stat that I was like, hey, you know, we need to look at this, men left on base. We only had three. So that I guess that was a good trend, but we only had three hits on the day. Uh, uh, Chase Dolander got roughed up pretty bad. He went five and two-thirds. Uh, allowing six earned runs. He had four strikeouts and one walk. He did not have his greatest stuff. Um, strike zone looked pretty consistent for me on both sides of the plate as far as Missouri. Get, we got the same calls they did, so I didn't have a problem with that. Batch just didn't come to playing, and, and I, I'm warning you, it's cold, but we're in kind of uncharted waters, I guess you could say, as a baseball team taking a big L down there to Missouri who did not do anything last year in the SEC play. Again, we're ranked number two. Tony Vitello said he thought that was high. I I guess after seeing our performance, you know, the last two games in Missouri, I I guess I'm going to go with that as well. The eye test does not look great. Uh, You know, I I gave you the box score. There's not even a player of the game. I guess Christian Moore, he had a home run. So if we're going to give players of the game, as a participation trophy, I'm glad the kids made it safe and sound as far as the baseball team, but there is nothing positive that I could see taking away from that. I thought, you know, this is a broken record. It's the same thing that this team did last year. When they get behind, everybody wants to swing for the fences, and we have horrific plate approaches. I don't get it. I don't understand it. I understand a home run is a run. I get that. But you've got to have men on base. You've got to get, you know, guys on the base path to try to disrupt something. Too many times the uh, Missouri pitchers would get in a rhythm, and I feel like I know we've got a pitch clock now, and you can't just step out and confuse that, but take some pitches. Just make them work a little. It's cold. They were in their groove all day long. And I've said it before, you know, we've got a humongous target on our back as a baseball program. No one liked what we did in in the SEC, and everyone is gunning for us this year. And this team shouldn't have to pay for what last year's team did, but they're they're going to have to. And they've taken it on the chin so far in Missouri this weekend. Uh, you know, we'll segue into game two uh, or the first game of Sunday. Tennessee lost that game as well, seven to four. Uh, we had some late inning heroics, I guess you could say, 
But Missouri came out again and put a three spot on us in the first inning. They have had great, a great approach for Missouri. You know, I'm not going to take anything away from them against, you know, Chase Burns and Chase Dolander, arguably two of the best pitchers in college baseball right now. And they're taking it off the chin. Uh, in this game, there was a balk call that, to me, in my baseball, in my baseball IQ, I'm not going to say it's super high. I would say it's way above normal, way above average as far as that go. I, I thought Chase Burns came set and and then had his pickoff move to first. Did not look like a balk to me at all. Tony Vitello went out there and questioned the call. I, it didn't look egregious, you know, the, what I could see and hear on the radio and things like that. It didn't look bad. I didn't think he was being – you know, out of the normal, out of the norm for Tony or Anthony. Sorry, called him Tony a couple of times there. Anthony, uh, and then he just threw him out. And then I, you know, I think Tony Vitello's got a little of that Bruce Pearl in him where he wants to motivate his team, and they look flat all day long. Still looked flat after that happened, but there just was no. And again, unless your name's Maui Ahuna or um, Christian Moore, there's no real offense. Griffin Merritt had a home run, and Zane didn't have a home run late in that game to make it, you know, a little more respectable 7-4. to four. But, you know, taking another series loss this early in the season, I'm not going to pump the – I'm not concerned. I'm not concerned yet. And I don't want you all to get concerned. Please do not get down in the dumps on this team. It's not that bad yet. Uh, we did leave seven men on base, which is – I wouldn't say it's that big of a concern. We did have bases loaded at one point in time and didn't come through with anything like that, but I didn't think it was egregious as it has been in the past. Still had another 10 strikeouts. The approach, I thought, in game two was still lackluster. Again, we're always swinging for the fences, which I I just don't get that. And and this is going to be one of those things where, Norm, we had 10 strikeouts, but we still won the game. And I get that. That's fine, but I have to think that the weather has played somewhat of a big part in this series uh, with them. You know, weather in Knoxville has been pretty warm for those guys. This is the coldest weather they've seen, which begs the question, why are we playing in Missouri in March? There's lots of other warmer places that I'm sure Missouri would rather play as well. But, you know, it is what it is, as they would say. And let's hope, you know, I'm I'm recording this portion of the podcast prior to the ending of, of game three. Uh you know, let's just hope they have some fight in them and take, you know, at least a game and don't start, you know, 0-3 in SEC play because that would be horrendous. Um, I will I will update either this podcast or, or something before I upload it, uh, just kind of giving my other thoughts on the game. It might sound a little different. I've got a little new recording thing I'm going to try for that. But it's just I don't know where this team is. I, I really – how this game goes as far as – the game three, the finale game, is going to be very interesting to me. I want to see some fight in this team. I want to see how they show up getting their teeth kicked in, you know, two games in a row from them. And and we've not had great offense at all. So it's not like these have been close, hard-fought games. We've we've been flat both games at that. And, you know, I, I call it like I see it. I'm going to call balls, balls, and strikes, strikes on this podcast. And I'm not going to, you know, as the old man term, carry water for Anthony Vitello over there. But – you know, take it all with a grain of salt. Baseball is an extremely long series. We've still got several series to go after this. It's not the end of the world that we've dropped to in Missouri. It's away. 
you know, we've a lot of time to make up that ground. And, you know, if, if you want to look back and be like, Norm, what's some positivity you can take? Well, Ole Miss got their key teeth kicked in pretty much at the beginning of the SEC play last year and, and won the national championship last year. So take that as it is. Baseball is a long, grinded-out sport. We've still got the dog days. This is just the first series. We do have some tough series coming up in a couple of weeks, but I, I'm, I'm not going to panic. And I'm saying all this – you know, kind of halfway looking into the future for how this, the third game of the series is going to be. So my mood could totally change when I add on to this podcast, but stay on the bandwagon. This team is, you know, they're, they're going to be good for getting hit in the chin early. You know, the Boston College game that they really probably should have won, they were never in these games. So it wasn't like they lost it, you know, in the bottom of the ninth or anything crazy like that. And, you know, these are two, you know, the doubleheader games on Sunday. There's seven inning games. Maybe, you know, Crystal Ball, you know, we scored two in the top of the seventh. We could have come back. I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I can't tell you that. But that was the position we were put in. And we'll see. You know, I'm, I'm excited still for this baseball season. You know, next we got a midweek game Tuesday, which means nothing. I don't care. who. I don't even know who we're playing. Uh, and then we got Texas A&M next weekend as well, and I'm just looking forward uh, to seeing what's going to go. So, what I'm going to do now, we've talked baseball. I really, you know, I've recorded this, but we'll I'll add on to after this next segment. I'm going to do a little buffer music. We're going to talk about two quick things, and then we'll end it at that after. But but we'll end it. But I'll. I'll end it, and then I'll add something, and then end it, end it, if that makes sense to you all. All right, hold on just a second. That got really long and obnoxious, and I am totally sorry. So what we're going to talk about real quick is Formula One, the Formula One race from today, and then another special. I'll do one more buffer thing, one other thing. We'll talk about that, and then I'll throw my thoughts on Game 3 at the end of that, and then we'll wrap it all up. But <clears throat> we were two Formula One races in this year. Today they had the Saudi Arabia Grand Prix this afternoon. If you caught it, I'll, I'll give you the highlights. Red Bull ran away with it again. Max Verstappen started like 15th, in in second. It's just Red Bull looks like they're going to dominate like they did last year. I'm not here for it at all. I love Checo, uh, Sergio Perez, who won the race today. Happy for him. I'm not a Max Verstappen fan. I just I do not like that guy at all. It was good to see Alonzo finish on the podium, but then that was taken away. He did not. Uh, he had a penalty in the race, did not serve his full five-second penalty, so he got bumped down. And then my man George Russell finished in the top three because of that. It's really weird to see. You had Red Bull one and two, then uh, Aston Martin, which has made a huge comeback this year, finished three. I'm just going to keep it at three for that. Then you had both the Mercedes and then both of the Red Bulls, and everybody was stacked up like that. It was very weird to see. I, I, I can't, you know, in my Formula One days watching, remembered when that happens. It happens a lot in qualifying, but it does not happen a lot in race pace. So it's very interesting that that all planned out. Looking forward, Mercedes, they've got race pace. They don't have qualifying pace. 
I just don't know. I don't know where we're going to go with that, but that's my quick, heavy Formula One talk because I know all of you all are really excited about Formula One stuff, but but I'll talk about it and, you know, exciting stuff like that. Uh, also, talking about that, I think we're going to get a rooftop rocket report, the Triple R. If you'll call that after this week, they are racing in Atlanta. Rocky's going to give us a West Coast tour, a, a brief, brief, brief little kind of call-in thing from him going forward next week for that. And now I want to talk about something that's near and dear to my heart after we do this. So buffer music, then we'll come back and talk about one other thing and then we'll, then we'll be done. All right. I don't know if you all know this or not. I've not talked about this on the podcast in a while, but the Bassmaster Classic We'll be in Knox, Vegas next weekend, starting the 24th, 25th, and 26th. I do believe if I – I probably should check and give – yes, that's next weekend. That's next Friday, Saturday, and Sunday in Knoxville. Uh, a lot of the tournament guys are already here practicing here in Knoxville and Lenore City and the surrounding areas. I'm super excited about that. I will try and, you know, I'll, I'll let you know who wins as far as that goes. It's really cool. A lot of the big-name guys that I followed from when it was here a few years ago are no longer in bass. They have all kind of transitioned over to Major League Fishing, but it's super exciting. Uh, some of the guys that I follow, Gerald Swindle and, and Brandon Polinick, big-name guys uh, in the sport are, are already here practicing, it looks like, from their social media feeds. And I'm super excited about it. The weather here in Knoxville is horrible, I'll just be honest with you. Uh, toward the end of this week, we had days in the 50s and 60s. In the last two days, it has been freezing cold. Uh, highs in the in the low 40s, but it feels like it's 23, so they are practicing out there. But conditions looking forward ahead are going to be in the 60s and raining. Uh, for the classics, so the temperature is going to be all over the place. I'm really excited about it. If you don't know anything about bass or the Bassmaster Classic, it's essentially bass's kind of you know Super Bowl, World Series, however you want to look at it. You qualify last year to come this year, and it's their big big dance as it was to say and I'm, I'm really excited about it i'm going to try to sneak over there for practice or something this week and we'll get you a report going forward next week on how everyone did who won big standouts any you know drama that happened probably not but you know i will i will share that with you because because i secretly really like it it's it's fun to watch and it's kind of high paced it's not really high paced it's watching guys fish all day long but it's fun stuff so all that being said, we've talked basketball, we've talked baseball, the two games that they've got going over there now. Uh, looking at the score right now, it is nothing, nothing in the bottom of the second inning for the baseball game. So I will throw my thoughts on how the baseball team is going to end. After this, I'm going to say goodbye for right now. Baseball team, please, I'm sending this out into the airwaves unknown Get us a win today. Get us, you know, round out the trip well, finish strong out there, take one out of three, and that's fine, you know, on the road. But, you know, we'll we'll come back stronger next week. So that's it. That's it. Next, you will hear a little buffer music, and then you will hear my thoughts. And it might sound a little different, but that's okay. Please don't worry. We will uh, hear my thoughts on game three and then wrap up this podcast.
All right, everybody, and we are back. This is Norm again coming to you. We're going to talk about game three of the Missouri series. Uh, I'm, I'm on a new little handheld recorder thing, so hopefully it sounds okay. If not, I'm just going to roll with it because I need to get my thoughts out on game three. You heard previously we talked about game two, and I talked about how really wanted to see what this team was going to do, how they were going to react being down 0-2 in the series. Clearly the series was at a loss at that point in time when I was talking to you on Sunday. This is now Monday morning. Uh, but I just, I'm really disappointed is not the word I want to use right now, but I'm just, I did not like the way Tennessee just did not respond in game three. Uh, our body language still looked bad, uh, and you could see that from the play on the field. Um, I'm not going to call out anyone's names, but we had a plethora of errors in Sunday's game. Uh, just quickly looking at the box score, uh, we had a total of, and the box score doesn't easily give me that, so that's not good. We had plenty of errors. I think there was three errors, maybe even six. Yes, three errors on the day, uh, and it just, our body language looked bad. Uh, offense, again, was abysmal at best. I think we had a total of one hit. Yeah, one hit in all of Sunday's game. It, it was not the response Norm was looking for out of this team to, for a bounce back. I understand that the series was already done for, um, but, you know, to take one of three would have been a saving grace for me than being swept by Mizzou in Missouri. Uh, I know earlier, I'm pretty sure I talked about the weather. It was cold. But, hey, it was cold for Missouri as well. They they played in the same conditions that Tennessee did. And, you know, as much as I want to use that as an excuse for our pitching staff and things like that, Missouri played in the same weather. There there was two teams out there that day. And, you know, Missouri showed up. Give all credit to them for that game. But Tennessee did not. Uh, and going forward, just some, some notes that I had from the game. Uh, you know, Drew Beam only went three innings. Uh, gave up three hits and four runs, but none of those were earned. Talking on the errors earlier in that, uh, he only had three three strikeouts and three walks. Um, you know, it kind of was the same with the rest of the staff. I think Dolander and uh, Chase Burns both had more strikeouts, but really if you're losing the game, what's it matter how many people you're striking out? Still no offense, one hit as well. Again, Missouri capitalized on plenty of errors in this game by Tennessee. You know, five of their seven runs that they scored in the game were unearned, which is just it's just shocking, to be, say the best at that. The final on the score was 7-1, to one, if you were wondering about that. No UT player of the game for me. Nobody stood out. Nobody offensively looked very good, I didn't think. And really, I thought this baseball team did what I wanted the basketball team to do in the SEC tournament, which is just go down there and lay an egg. But it's baseball, and I, I didn't really want that. And you're saying, Norm, you sound a little upset about it. You keep telling me it's a long season. You know, what What? What should we expect? And I think the sample size in the SEC is just too small right now. We've only played three games. There's some trends uh, that I, I, I think we need to see better this weekend going into the Texas A&M game. Tuesday night they have a matchup against um, – sorry here, I'm fumbling around for my notes – Western Carolina or West Carolina, Western, I don't know who it is, but that's a gimme game. You know, obviously I want to see the guys come out there and, and show the bats off, but this is an SEC competition they're playing on Tuesday night games. So I don't know what, if anything, you can take out of that unless we just see a different 
different body language, different attitude coming from that team. That that's what I want to see. I I don't care, you know, if Blake Burke goes four for four with three home runs. Obviously, that's great and a great performance for him Tuesday night. But I want to see the body language change. I want to see the body language be different for this team Tuesday night against Western Carolina before we go into Texas A&M this weekend. And that's going to be the true test. And look, look, I'm going to give you some stats, and they are horrific. I mean, horrific stats for the weekend. Do you want to know anybody that did anything? Well, unless your name was Christian Moore and Maui Ahuna, you didn't do anything on this team. Christian Moore was 4 for 9 for the weekend. Maui Ahuna was 3 of 11. And that was it. That was our two bright offensive stars. And you're saying three, three for 11. What's that out to? That's a 273 average, which is fine. Not great by any means. But listen to this. You know, that's our one and two guys. Blake Burt, our number three hole hitter, was 0 of 10. Zane Denton, our four guy, cleanup guy, was one of 11. Uh, Jared Dickey, who bats, you know, fifth, sixth, was an 0 for. Griffin Merritt was one of nine. One of those his only hit was a home run. It just just is depressing. I mean, it's it's a it's a bad trend. And then from last week's podcast, I was you know ragging on Kavar's tears, Dylan Dryling, Kyle Booker. I thought those guys had really turned a corner. All of those guys were an offer. Now combined, those three guys only had ten plane appearances. So again, you got to take that with a grain of salt. And I just don't know. You know, big picture here, I don't know if, if some of these young guys are trying too hard, if they're trying to impress and win a starting spot. I, I think I harped on it last week about the, you know, outfield bingo or the outfield lottery, who's going to be out there. I really think it's time for Anthony to maybe play Christian Scott. He's got a really good glove. There was some outfielding blunders again this weekend. I think, you know, I obviously I'm not a baseball coach. I'm just, a you know, on this podcast, an investigative journalist, as I was like to call myself. But I, I, don't, I almost think you give up his bat for a little sure defense in the outfield. And I say that saying we had zero offense last week. So as, as Anthony Vitello is looking at this, I don't know what he's going to do. I don't know what his plan is. I trust everything that Tony's going to do. I'm not nervous about this team. Tony said it in several interviews. He thought they're way overranked at number two in in the polls. I can clearly see that now. You know, this team, I said it earlier, and I'm probably repeating myself a lot because, you know, I recorded Sunday, and now I'm recording this Monday, and I've just got some more feelings. But this team is wearing all the wrongs or the rights, however you want to look at it, from last year's program this year. So everyone in the media, everyone on Twitter, everyone in Knoxville is judging them based on what the 2022 team did. And is that fair? Is that not fair? It's it's for you all to decide. I mean, it was a great team. It was a historic baseball program last year. And there is no way on the world that this team is going to live up to those expectations. It's just not going to happen. Am I going to be down in the dumps because we lost three games? Yeah, I'm upset about it, but I'm not going to, you know, throw it away and just write this off like the past decade in football. Tony's going to bounce back. He knows what he's doing. This is his fifth year on the program. He's had success every year he's been there, aside from his first year. I have full faith and confidence that whatever we saw on the field, the product we saw on the field Sunday, or, you know, all weekend, really, is not going to happen this weekend against Texas A&M. And if it does, I will be the first person on here to say, we can't have that again. 
It, it's just unacceptable. But I say all that to say this team's going to have some growing pains. I, I reminded you last week or Sunday that Ole Miss looked awful at the beginning of the season and ended up winning the national championship. Can this team do this? Only time will tell. And that's it for me. I know this is a little podcast inception happening today with recording on two days and using a new device, so hopefully it sounds okay. But I had to get that out there about my thoughts on Game 3. The body language is really my main concern. The guys just didn't look like they wanted to be there. It was really cold. I get that. But Missouri also struggled in the cold just like we did. So going forward with the podcast, I'm going to close this out here. Then you're going to hear me close it out again just because of the way the recording's set up here. But uh, the basketball team plays Thursday night late, like 9, 9.30 on, I think it's TBS. Uh, and then the baseball team has a game Tuesday night against Western Carolina. I will have all of those recaps for you at the end of the week next week. And uh, I'm going to say bye now, buffer music, and then I'll say bye again. So love each and every one of you, and I'll talk to you soon. All right, everybody, that is it for the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. We will uh, kind of podcast news notes and looking ahead. I will be doing a podcast this week with uh, good old JT from Regal to discuss the series as a whole of The Last of Us. So look for that on the feed. I, I'm not sure yet. We, we've briefly discussed getting together and doing that, but I will let you know when that hits the airwaves so that you can listen. That will be probably a podcast our podcast pop culture only podcast for that so look for that on your radio dials and until we meet again everyone i love each and every one of your smiling faces and have a great week and uh, we'll see you next weekend bye i love you